0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome back to... Ah, <laughs> I'm going to go... <laughs> Maybe we should start the app like that. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Reports. Uh, I'm Jay Kruger, uh, i create the Comedy Bureau, the Comedy Bureau... Field Report is a member of the Believe Podcast family. And that is, of course, the reason why on your favorite podcast app or platform, you are reading B-L-A-E-B-L-E-A-V in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. Um, I would not make a nonsense word and add it to the title of my podcast, but that is what happened because we're uh, so lucky to be on the Believe Podcast Network a network for professionals. I don't know if that's their official tagline, but it, that's what they told me. Um, this week, we have another amazing guest, uh, former development exec at TNT and TBS, former agent at Innovative, and, and uh, one of my favorite type of people, uh, you know, a sometimes indie comedy producer. Uh, let's give it up for Holly Gabrielson, everybody.
2: Hey, how's it
1: going? It's, it's, it's going, you know, I think for so long, (laughs) it was like, it's going. Right. And it's just evolved better and better. How
2: are you doing considering?
1: You know, what's funny about that question is like Mm -hmm. people ask that I often ask it like that as well, but I Mm -hmm. always answer it with, I had the worst year of my life. And they're Ah! like, oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I went through my first breakup in my whole life. I almost uh, died from not COVID. I had appendicitis uh, in October. And that's then, terrible. Yeah, it is. And then like my roommate is <laughs> clinically depressed. Oh. And we were not friends before
2: this. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a shitty situation to uh, not be able to escape your room from.
1: Right. And all my forms of self-care were health hazards.
2: Mm. Mhm. I comedy was a lot of that I assume.
1: Yes, comedy, gathering with people, dancing in clubs. Mm. That's one of the worst ones. Yeah. Um so I didn't have any of that available to me. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh Well, how are you doing now?
1: I I I I think I'm coming out of it. Uh okay. yeah, there was a lot of healing and uh work that I had to do in terms of just like, you know, keeping sane. I mean, I think you probably know me well enough, Holly, to know that I cannot just lie in bed all day.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, no shade to people that do that. Um, I want
2: to I, I interrupt for just a second to say, I think this is the first time I've ever seen you not wearing a hat.
1: This is right. This is right. Um, this is my hair.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Is also, my
2: hair. not like ready to... Uh, I don't know. Lead a lead a uh union business meeting in the 1940s, which <laughs> I say as a compliment. Yes. Um, because you always have like a look. Yes. And now, now I'm seeing like like chill vibes, Jake.
1: The chill vibes, Jake. <laughs> well, I am still wearing a button down, a thing that largely people gave up uh, when yeah. lockdown happened. Um, as I wear a bandana, because like, it, you know, I also have, wear a surgical mask underneath it, mm-hmm. but it's just really easy to do. Yes. Sense. Yeah. So I just wore it as a fashion accessory and then it was very handy. And when you wear a bandana, it's kind of really stupid to wear a necktie because mm-hmm. most of it's covered.
2: Oh Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm trying to imagine like a some entrepreneur coming up with like the necktie version of a face mask and i'm not picturing anything good so i think no, bandana I've, is the way to go
1: i've sincerely looked and they all look bad mm. um, they make you look like a monster
2: <laughs> wow so that it that does exist
1: i mean yeah i've tried um, like
2: maybe maybe a cravat like face mask but definitely not a necktie face mask
1: Right now, what I've uh, what I have done to uh, zhuzh up my bandanas is I'll take collar tips that normally would go on a collar.
2: Oh, and like
1: the ends of my bandana.
2: Wow, fancy! Like,
1: yeah, whoa! What's that? I'm like, I just came up with that.
2: Oh, detail. Mm-hmm,
1: all about the details, all about the details. Well, we just went through a quick run-through of what 2020 <laughs> and part of 2021 was like for me. <laughs> How are you? How has quarantine lockdown been? What's been going on with you, Holly?
2: Uh, sure, well, let's see. Um, So, at the beginning of last year... Um, I was still, I was doing some work with Derek Brown, which I, uh, before we started recording, we talked about a little bit, right. um, who is, Great a, a poet, com- yeah, yeah. Um, and I had been, uh, with Trish Hadley, I had been helping to produce, um, his super fun show called Gondolol or Gondolol. Yeah, depending on your preference, um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you're if you're a millennial or gen z I think yes that's exactly
2: exactly uh uh we were and we were starting to plan the next version of that which is it's a um it was a comedy like a stand-up slash occasional random uh sketch and weird mm-hmm. alt comedy performance show that took place on two gondola walls gondola <laughs> even oh, i can't even yeah okay <laughs> mm. um yeah it took place on two really big gondolas that would be paddled out into um the canals down in long beach california which mm-hmm. i didn't even know until i went down there to right. uh to see and then to uh work on the show that they existed but it's mm-hmm. cool it's romantic recommended as a date
1: right
2: um when,
1: i mean is there an if and when to this is there a possibility this can ba- come back come uh, <laughs> back
2: i don't places? know no. i don't know just because uh so derek has since moved away to another state uh With but yeah contract? we were we were planning to do another one of those and then lockdown happened right. um and in the year prior so I uh, I was working at Innovative Artists until the end of March 2019, mm-hmm. and I left. Mm-hmm. And I spent that next year uh, doing a bunch of different little things and traveling a lot because um, Matt had uh, a bunch of gigs out of town in Europe. So I just went with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt
1: Kirschen, right?
2: Matt Kirschen, yes, mm-hmm. my partner, Matt Kirschen, who is a a Comedian.
1: Comedian. Um, right. I feel like Matt has written on everything.
2: He's written on a bunch of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I ended up, I was just trying to, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do next. So I just started, you know, uh, reaching out to friends and saying, like, hey, what you got? What do you need? Uh, and I ended up working with um, a theater company. that da, 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 da. was doing that anyway. Uh, lockdown happened, uh, and then I just kind of, uh, again, it was just sort of whatever came up. I worked for one of the Zoom comedy startups, mm-hmm. briefly, that doesn't exist anymore. Would you care to um, share
1: the name, because they don't exist anymore?
2: Mm, no, because I don't know. what They might be doing something else with it now. Okay, fair. They, okay. There was a lot of discussion of pivoting. Uh, and I'm not sure what they're doing with it now. So, um, but there was, you know, there was a lot of that. I was helping out with that. Um, and a a friend of mine who runs a lighting and rigging company needed some just some basic help with some business operations stuff. So he hired me to do some of that for a little while. Nothing right. very exciting. And then I worked for the census while I was doing that. Whoa. Which, which was super interesting and exciting. Um And I'd also gotten involved with a, um,
1: wait, did you have to go door to door Holly?
2: I did. Yeah.
1: Wow. What the most adventurous time to ever be a census worker.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I kind of loved it though. Um, there were days when it definitely felt post-apocalyptic because it was like 109 degrees outside LA was on fire. Right. It was like, helicopters overhead like protests in the street and i'm just like knocking on people's doors asking you know if i can count the people in their household uh but it was actually it was awesome i really felt like i got to know my neighborhood in a completely different way that i wouldn't have otherwise um Um, so i live in well and not just my neighborhood but kind of like the, the surrounding area of LA, the way that they, they do it, or at least the way they did it this past year is um, they have you, you start basically almost within walking distance uh, of your, your own home um, if there's enough non responders. Right. Um, that need to be followed up on and, and interviewed. And then you just kind of gradually expand out from there. Right. So, you know, I met people who live in the blocks around me and then I also met people, you know, like a few miles out. And so I kind of got to know the character of the neighborhoods a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, you know and I, I, <laughs> I got to figure out how to, um, you know, how to talk to people about their lives when i don't speak uh korean and my, my spanish is horrible you know to non-existent as well um and just somehow managed to be able to have an interaction and you know uh get that information and uh you know because i doing doing that was to me in a way uh More important than um, the people who I could easily communicate with because, you know, it's counting everybody is incredibly important because it it literally translates to thousands of dollars per person in LA Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, or Southern California. I don't know if you saw, but we actually lost a seat. Um, we 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 did, which is a big bummer. And it's hard to say if that is totally due to the Trump administration licensing with the census mm-hmm. which it could be it could be it's just really freaking hard to do a census in a global pandemic anyway especially right. starting 5 months later than we were supposed to when a lot of people had um moved you know mm-hmm. a lot of young people had gone back to live with their parents for a while what they thought was a few weeks and they were gone and right. couldn't track them down so who's who's to say but we did lose a seat in the census and so mm-hmm. it's so important so important like that literally that translates to uh not just a voice in congress but like schools roads senior centers job training program like all this stuff you mm-hmm. know this is my psa for like fill out the census in 10 years time again <laughs> and, <laughs> and tell all your neighbors to do it right. um, but yeah so I did I did that in the fall um, and uh, now I'm I'm doing some work again for my uh, my friend who has a lighting and, and, and rigging company which is totally not comedy related right. at all
0: Man, at
1: you're all. not even like lighting <laughs> comedy shows. Like
2: no, well, I mean they they mostly do, I think, uh reality and award shows. Like I'm very much on the back end. I'm not like right. there while stuff is being loaded right. in, not the least because there's like COVID protocols and you have to get tested like every three days or something. But right. um, but yeah, it's just sort of a uh it's not at all interesting for this podcast. I will tell you <laughs> that, but it's interesting for me because I'm learning. Aspects of the industry, um, or just in running a business and in, in doing this, that I probably wouldn't have otherwise. Um, yeah,
1: I, would, I was really gonna dig to try to connect it to kind of like, I don't know, did you like <laughs> awards? You know, Cameron Esposito did like a virtual, yeah, hosting of the Ambies the <laughs> award. Yeah.
2: Maybe yeah. That? uh Ah, she's. No, it doesn't even connect to that because they do the physical production bit of it. They're not doing any of the like, how do we make this happen virtually? How do we shoot someone on a virtual stage? Although I've found that really interesting, you know, the, especially the ones that were doing it at the beginning of the pandemic,
0: mm-hmm. when they are
2: putting people on virtual sets and then just putting like people on Zoom screens all around them in the background. And sometimes it kind of worked and sometimes it was just like, I guess this is just what we're doing because we don't know what else to do. <laughs> there's a lot of that. (laughs) There is a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I have been, uh, recently talking to, uh, some friends of mine. We had an idea for a show that we're kicking around and, um, it's starting to dump stuff into, you know, a Google doc and come up with a format and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but otherwise I've been, uh, I've been a in the comedy support services in a little more uh, laid back fashion. Right. Over the, after the past doing year. It,
1: doing it very hardcore for
2: uh, Yeah. People. Yeah. 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 I also sure. got involved in a lot of social justice stuff and that was that that actually goes back to um, before everything that happened uh, a year ago and it just sort of like dovetailed into that i was working with a, a group that was working on um jail reform and decarceration
0: mm-hmm.
2: um specifically in in la county and then it just kind of it blew up because of uh, the protests and right. i was i did that until i had too much other stuff to do but yeah. same i'm yeah i mentioned i mentioned it because uh it's it's been percolating in the back of my mind, and I've like thinking about a career transition into something with a more social justice lens. And so I've been taking some online classes in um, social work and stuff.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah.
2: I
1: mean, it, I, it's definitely like I think a fertile time to get into that if that's what you want, because there's mm-hmm. been a explosion of so many things. Because all the problems of the world that had existed just got highlighted a little bit more or a lot yeah last year
2: yeah
1: i mean even um uh, i probably will post about this at some point junior high um that feminist art um performance space that was in Thai town, mm-hmm. Um, they moved to glendale okay. uh and they uh they're having a anti-racism venue seminar
2: oh
1: it's like specifically training venues what to do to be anti-racist
2: that's awesome right that's so great
1: so I mean I think there's like a lot of intersect I don't think like you know you pivot I don't think you would even have to pivot that hard
2: no but it is it's uh I don't know it's it's a i like it's a way of being that i like you know it's it's sort of a, a different level of, of cultivating self awareness you know um, it, in a way to just like just live as a better person in the world <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and really and really 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 think about you know everybody and our everybody's needs being met Right, uh, and if not, why not? What can we do to fix it?
1: Because I believe, and may this may sound crazy, but like if everyone had their needs met, mm-hmm. there wouldn't be mass shootings or the chaos that ensues all the time. Because um, yeah, you know, people have what they. We wouldn't have a homelessness crisis. We wouldn't. Yeah, not yeah. To, this is a social justice podcast, but <laughs> I did have Gareth Reynolds on the week at LA had a curfew. Mm. And I mean, obviously we, we talked about that. That was like, I mean, what else would you talk about?
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. When you think about this past year, like so much crazy happens. Yeah. yeah. So much crazy.
1: I feel like, like we... how,
2: how, who, who has, what other generations um prior to world war 1 I, I guess have lived through this much history in like a year and a half
1: i mean i don't know i would want to say some year in the 60s or the early 70s but maybe not even that yeah cuz it was mainly, I, it was mainly you're like gonna, two things
2: you're you're going to get added i hope with people who are like actually 1967 or whatever right uh, which I actually I really hope that somebody says no all of these times because uh, I would love to read that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I think what well, are they, uh, no okay, I'll say this first no one wins in a depression Olympics. Um, oh
2: God, no. no,
1: no, no one wins. no one wins. no. But I do think our ace in the hole for that is that we had a pandemic happen during all of us.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's bananas. Um, this is part of my motivation to, you know, wanting to move into um, a more human services mm-hmm. focus. Um, at least in the commercial sense, I think right. uh, being a comedy agent is a bit of a human services field. Sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, after going through um, a trauma, and everyone who's alive right now has mm-hmm. been through a trauma. Um, and like you said, like, there's no such thing as the trauma Olympics either. Right. Uh, everybody's going through it. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of trauma uh, is when a lot of people start to react to it. And you you don't know. What's going? Uh, how that's going to come out? You know, I think that's why we're starting to see more mass shootings.
0: Right.
2: Um, it's because something has changed. We've been through this transition, and while you're in the transition, you're just focused on getting through. And once you're out of it, right. you deal with the after effects of what's happened. Mm-hmm. So I want to be part of, you know, the the helpers who are um, are helping people with that process. Mm-hmm. Of just, you know, getting through to, you know, what's, what's next for all of us, yeah. you know, to, to being um, emotionally healthy and whole and integrated. Right. Uh, and, you know, because something, some, I think a lot of beauty is going to come out of this as well, but the, there's a lot of pain and that needs to be acknowledged, right. validated and worked through.
1: Absolutely. And I can even, I, I'll i say as things, you know, kind of stumble and open in this latest attempt at reopening, Um, just, I mean, I'm not doing a whole lot of stuff, but just seeing what people are doing on Instagram or talking to people here and there and hearing what they're doing, I'm just getting the sense that people, and I understand why, but I'm getting the sense that they're just disavowing that any of this happened. Mm. And that does not sit well with me.
2: Hmm. Yeah, that's it's so interesting. It's um, you know, for for some people, uh I want to say for some people that works, but I do feel like in the somehow if you don't actually acknowledge what's what you've been through right. and do what you need to do to, you know, just integrate that, be okay with it, be okay to acknowledge it. It is going to come back and bite you at some point. It could be six months from now. It could be 30 years from now.
0: Right.
2: But it, you know, it, it leaves its mark on you. It leaves its mark on your body at a cellular level. So, you know, Mm -hmm. at some point you gotta, you gotta be good to yourself and, and look at that thing. You know, holding someone's hand if right. you need to, which we probably all do. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: You know, it's crazy is so much, there's so much discussion of mental health and its importance in comedy. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's at the level of, like, oh, I mean, do we even need to keep talking about it anymore? But the thing is, <laughs> yes, because when you talk to other non comedy people, it's still, there's still all the same stigmas. People are yeah. still, like, kind of have vague ideas about it when it's actually so so much easier to read up on it now. Yep. Um, and, I mean, I hope that people sought out help in this time.
2: Yeah, it's... Huh. I don't think... I think a lot of people didn't just because they don't know how.
1: Right. You know, I mean, there's... Yeah, that's crazy.
2: It's not something that they... That for I think uh, anybody over thirty, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't know what's going on for people who are under thirty, but it's not like in school they were like, if you are struggling, here are some things that you can do for yourself, and here are some resources outside of you know the sort of like. Uh, orientation slideshow they show you freshman year in college or something you know like there's not a lot of there's not an emphasis on um I'm teaching people how to be comfortable in their brain and you know how how to ask for help when it's not going great in there
1: I would argue that having a class for that would it be more useful than geometry
2: oh yeah heck yeah
1: I haven't used the geometry in forever.
2: <laughs> I haven't either, but you know, I live with Matt. So if I ever need geometry help, I've got, I got an ace in the hole.
1: I mean, so how much time do you spend going to Matt versus asking Google?
2: Oh, well for, if it's for a math thing, it's automatically Matt's yeah. because I don't know how to Google like math. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, if I need to do like a, like ounces to pounds conversion or whatever, you know, like obviously Google, but no, if it's, if it's, uh, how do I figure out the volume of blah, blah, blah. Like it's Matt for sure.
1: (laughs) That's great. Oh man. Yeah. That really is an ace in the hole. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really sad that so much, so many of us, I don't even think it's an American thing. I think just so many of us, period, just don't know how to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And I could say for all my journey, I've been in therapy for four years. I went to a sliding scale place for a long time and I paid 20 bucks uh, a week for an hour.
2: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And they, my, in my intake, they were like, so how much do you make? And I gave them a number and Mm -hmm. they didn't check anything.
0: Mm.
1: And then um, I, through some friends of mine, they they, they uh, hit me to the, that there were these specialists that help you navigate ACA in a way that like, actually the Affordable Care Act does provide subsidies based on your income
0: mm-hmm.
1: or uh, healthcare plans.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, they do all the hard work. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and Also for, I think they get paid by somebody else. I didn't have to pay them anything, but um, that I ended up getting a better healthcare plan for a third of the cost that I was paying. Mm -hmm. And my original healthcare plan didn't even cover mental health. I wasn't even getting copay. Oh, wow. But after all was said and done, I'm paying way less for my healthcare and my copay because uh, it has to be teleconferencing for therapy at this time is Mm 0
2: Oh, wow. That's so awesome
1: message to anyone who's like, I can't afford it. I don't, I don't have access to it. It, you know, it takes some paperwork, some legwork, some phone calls yeah. for, but it is available to people.
2: I, I will second that. Although, you know, I know, I know for some folks it's um, even the ACA because insurance is expensive. Mm-hmm. And if you sort of fall through the cracks of qualifying for Medi-Cal and, uh, and being able to afford a workable policy because it's one thing to be able to afford a policy where, you know, you only pay a $100 deductible a month, but you have an eight, or a premium, but you have like an $8,000 deductible. So you can't actually afford to use it ever. So it does you no good, you know, especially if you want, if you want something um, that requires, you know, uh, regular visits like mental health care right it's that's not great um and it's also hard sometimes like if you are in a place where it's just like it's hard to think past this moment it's hard to like take the time to do the research and like figure out you know how do I access this like if you're if you're in a mental hole that shit's super hard to do absolutely so you know it's I I do think we need to have more uh more resources to sort of bridge the gap between care and connecting people to that care. And there needs to be, uh, until you can get yourself to a place Mm -hmm. where you, um, you can afford, or you even just have the, uh, the capacity to deal with insurance Mm -hmm. that you can be taken care of. You know, this is uh, this is all. This is all like band aid bullshit that I'm talking about because we need universal health care. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm not even arguing. But, that. but yes, and like right now, I will. I will second. I will do my own PSA for you know getting uh, healthcare on um, on the market at healthcare.gov or whatever your state's marketplace is because. Um, what Biden and Congress have done with the new, I can't remember the name of the, you know, the new recovery act, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, A lot more people qualify for subsidies. And it's a, it's basically, it's a federal tax credit that Mm -hmm. I believe in the past you would get at the end of the year, but now they just take it off right now. So you, if you have insurance, you should look into it. I mean, through the marketplace, because you might find out that, uh, you actually can save like $200, 300 $400 a month yeah. on your insurance uh, because they, they raised the, it to 400% of the federal poverty level mm-hmm. that qualifies for subsidies. So do it, do it. If you're thinking about getting health insurance, look it up, healthcare.gov. Um, and if you have insurance through healthcare.gov or Covered California or whatever your state's is, like, look it up do it. Save some money
1: because don't give
2: that money to the insurance companies,
1: right? Don't cause I'll tell you what. So originally I got my better plan at through, you know, help navigating ACA to my premium was 86 a month. And because of what the, all the the subsidies, the federal tax rate you just mentioned, Mm -hmm. I got a letter in the mail that says my, my premium for now is $1.
2: That's awesome. That's what I'm talking about.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, ours ours went down significantly too. Um, yeah. and I'm I am very grateful for that. Yeah, health insurance should be free. Healthcare should is it's a it's a human right in Absolutely. every in in every other um,
1: developed country
2: developed country and in a lot of countries. Uh, that are outside the West, they have it or they are working towards it.
1: Absolutely, it is. My dad is a conservative Christian, retired veteran, and he voted for Trump twice. I don't even have to argue that hard with him to get on board for universal health care. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah. I mean, no, no to socialism and no to communism. <laughs> there's another red scare coming or whatever
2: mm-hmm.
1: but he's like yeah universal health yeah yeah that makes sense i got two bad knees
2: mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's uh when you actually talk to people about what it means you know people who are against it if you have a one-on-one conversation where you take away all of the political like Fox News sound bites around it, you know, the like death panels and like you lose your doctor, blah, 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 blah.
1: Throwback to death panels.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh God, like all that, all that old shit, whatever, whatever the the latest is, it's I guess the latest is, you know, it's a it's a slippery slope to like full-on Stalinism or something if we have uh free access to healthcare. Right. Um I think that's the latest line on it, but yeah, like once you, once you actually talk to people about what it actually means and how it works in other countries, uh, uh, you know, people like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, I don't like, do you think that, um, if someone can't afford insulin, which they need to survive because they are diabetic. Yep. Uh, that they should die Mm -hmm. because they can't afford it. Everyone will say no, yet that happens um, all the time, all the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I will say one more non-comedy related thing, and (laughs)
0: back to comedy. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, you always hear these arguments uh, for people who are against uh, universal healthcare about like, well, that's not going to incentivize competition. Like, you know, the quality of healthcare is going to go down. Mm-hmm. And I would say that currently, because of our current system, um, hospitals, doctors, big pharma, they're currently not interested in giving us the best health care anyway.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you look at Purdue, big, big pharma company, Purdue, they're like one of the most egregious um, offenders of the opioid crisis.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're having a documentary or like a made for TV movie or miniseries about that very thing um, because they knew they had the, a, an idea of how addictive it was and they just went ahead with it anyway.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then all these people died because of it. Yep. And are severely, or if they didn't die, their health is like severely affected for a long time um, or for the rest of their life and uh, that doesn't say to me that like oh they were you know w- like in competition to give the best care no they were just trying to make money yeah that's it so <laughs> don't come to me with those arguments no. but i feel like if we had universal health care this is how i'm going to type back to comedy mm-hmm. we wouldn't have to have things like comedy gives back which mm-hmm. is an organization dedicated because there's so many holes in our healthcare care system yeah just purely for comedians to like get access awareness help for mental health and other things
2: right yeah uh i mean those things it would those things are still nice there's yeah absolutely they are uh even even in you know socialist dystopias people people sometimes need things and, and fall through the gaps but that those shouldn't be um i love those ladies by the way but uh Organize that we don't. We shouldn't be relying on nonprofit charitable organizations or like freaking GoFundmes no. for for people to have their basic needs met. That's a right. that's a problem. That's you're 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 failing to to govern your mm-hmm. and to lead if right. you're just not meeting people's basic needs. Right. You know, just we- dis- despite like if they're doing their part you know whatever that is if if people are are uh, are working full time at a job they mm-hmm. should be able to afford housing they right. should be able to afford to feed their families have their kids in school and they should uh, they should have health care mm-hmm. and even if you don't have a job obviously you should you should have health care but we shouldn't be relying on we shouldn't be crowdsourcing crowdsourcing each other's like uh health that's Absolutely crazy do
1: you remember J- what happened to jason signs no so jason do you know who jason signs is
2: i don't think i do
1: So Jason Signs, he was a New York comedian that moved to LA probably like four or five years ago. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. at point.
1: Um, he's very clever, very funny. Um, he's like really good friends with Nick Turner.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Jason was at a party uh, at an apartment building and fell through a skylight.
2: Oh, I do four. remember this. Yes. And,
1: um, you know, suffered a lot of back injuries um, and... What's really heartbreaking about that is he was two weeks away from a writing job that would have gotten him health insurance. Oh, God. And thus started this huge GoFundMe, which was successfully funded, but it's like, it shouldn't have even had to been done. Right. Where yeah. you had to r- raise like half a million dollars so Jason would not die and mm-hmm. get some of his range of motion back.
2: Right. <sighs>
1: yeah. The GoFundMe plan, guys.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Um. How about we get to some comedy news, Holly? Let's
2: do it. Let's do it. I feel like uh, I feel like I, I've I've made this very heavy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Don't worry about it. I often make this podcast heavy because okay. of what I've been through.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. Um, All right. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, also, yeah, I mean, all of us, like you were saying, we've gone through it and, uh, you know, I'm here for it. I just want to hear people's stories. So first up, uh, you, we'll, let's start with some good news. Okay. Uh, kamil Nanjiani, uh, who used to just be a stand-up, is mm-hmm. uh, furthering his, uh, was Starometer on IMDb? That's what they call it? Okay. I think yeah. so. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that star, yes. Yeah,
1: I mean, he is like a legitimate A-list celebrity these days. Um, you know, being a Oscar winner nominee. I forgot. Him yeah. and Emily got nominated for an Oscar for sure for The Big Sick.
2: Yes. I forgot Did whether they won. I can never remember who wins either, which is terrible. It's
1: right. Terrible. But they were definitely nominated. Yes. <laughs> I will post in the show notes whether they won or not.
2: Um.
1: Anyways, uh, you know, uh, coming up, is going to be in a Marvel movie as a major character, The Eternals, and uh, that's huge. But mm-hmm. following up with that, it was just announced today that he is going to be in a uh, mini-series on Hulu um, about the, f- uh, the founding of the male dance review troupe, The Chippendales.
2: I am delighted by this.
1: I am so delighted by this. I I think Cavale is a perfect choice and I don't even know the whole story.
2: I, I read that this morning and I just went, this is a genius way to get someone else to keep paying for the personal trainer and the nutrition <laughs> that helped him build his Marvel body. And kudos for finding something that's going to be an interesting story to tell and also, those yeah. ends,
1: <laughs> yeah. So essentially, what Holly is saying is, this is such great news because this is a continued way to uh, make Kumail uh, into a male object of beauty. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, when he revealed that picture uh, of his his sculpted Marvel body um, last year,
2: well, what is last year? What is was la- it twenty nineteen?
1: I don't know. I, 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 know. I personally feel like we lived through a decade last year.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But whenever uh,
2: that was, <laughs>
1: whenever that was, I feel like it was at the end of 2019. Yeah. yeah.
2: I think that's right. That sounds right.
1: Yeah. Um, Cause I think his dad, he had custom socks made with that very picture. <laughs> so he could just show people like, that's my son.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> On his socks
1: on his socks yes
2: how is he showing people on his socks is he just like sitting on park benches with his like his pant legs riding up a little bit going like uh pointing like that's my son
1: yeah maybe maybe he got them hemmed in a little bit more you know Mm -hmm. so people are like you see a little bit of it and you're like wait what's that
2: yeah no i love that that's so random
1: (laughs) it's really really random um it doesn't, I mean, I'm really, really happy for Kamel. I'm very excited for this series just off of that. And I mean, again, I don't even know the full story, but I mean, is he going to get so busy that it's like he's not going to do stand-up anymore?
2: Um, ha- well, to be honest, I don't know the last time he did stand-up like consistently. I mean, after mm-hmm. they stopped doing um, Joan and Kamel. Yeah. I mean, that was like right when he got super, super busy, both he and Emily with right. making movies and TV shows. So, you know, I, is that even a goal of his is to continue to do stand up?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I remember I saw him at a hot tub after that he posted that uh, Marvel body picture. And mm-hmm. of course, his whole set was about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People, want, people wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well we'll see
2: uh, i don't know i mean it might be you know you know it it might be incentive to do a big tour because he'll have a whole new audience oh yeah you know so you know maybe it's maybe this is actually an excellent uh development for his stand-up career should he choose it to be
1: right and i feel like he wouldn't I feel like his audience wouldn't have to like the new audience wouldn't have to pivot that hard to enjoy Kumail's stand up as opposed to like any fans of Patton Oswalt's that came to know him him through King of Queens. Mm-hmm. And then like that's his stand up or like uh, right even more extreme like people who came to enjoy Greg Proops through whose line is it anyway? And then saw his, mm-hmm. his stand-up, which is not at all what whose line is it anyway? Like. Right.
2: I mean, I can I guess I can kind of see like um some some MAGA ladies being fans of the show and going to uh going to see him at, at a, a theater in Des Moines or something and being like, oh, this is not this is not what I expected. Right. I just wanted to see some abs and (laughs) uh, uh, some like family circus kind of humor. (laughs) 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 I don't know. I don't know. I'm being very, I'm being very dismissive of, Mm. uh, the Midwest, but no, I'm actually being dismissive of MAGA, uh, ladies, and that's fine. Um, I don't mean to be dismissive of the, the, the entire Midwest. I'm from a, a middle state-ish sure. myself, and there are a lot of awesome, wonderful, amazing, talented, and creative folks, oh, yeah. uh,
0: sure.
2: all over this country, yep. but, um, if you're a MAGA person and you have a bad time at an alt-comedy show, I don't care. Yeah. I don't feel sorry for you.
1: And I bet, if you are a lady wearing a, a MAGA hat, I don't know that you would appreciate the nuance of how funny the different colors of printer cartridges are.
2: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I don't know yeah. you really be into that.
2: Nuance might not be your <laughs> your forte. No,
1: no. You, you want you want somebody <laughs> who is very unironically saying, who's drinking tonight? <laughs>
2: Yeah. Uh well I'm glad that we've we've planned out basically the next 5 years of Kumail's, uh, career. Kumail's career yeah
1: yeah that's great yeah and he'll stay fit the whole time and he'll be like guys I live such a boring <laughs> that's the great irony of that is like he just felt like he became such a boring person mm-hmm. and people are more into them than he has ever had in his entire
2: life yeah I feel like that I don't know that's the top of Hollywood, man, mm-hmm. to uh, mm-hmm. to just repeat a cliche. Yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Um, so on to, uh, I, I think, a series of news items. There were a bunch of renewals up as, uh, what is it? We're going through upfronts right now? So that what, that's what's going yeah, on? Yeah, it
2: is. I think that is this week.
1: Yeah. So yeah, uh, there's all these teasers being uh, released and renewals being announced and cancellations as well. Um, as of right now, uh, in comedy uh, world, the, the renewals go as follows. The Tonight Show, starring Jimmy Fallon, just got picked up for the next five years at NBC. Uh, the Great North, uh, part of the Lauren bouchard um, this growing animated, adult animated universe. Mm-hmm. Um, between that and Bob's Burgers and uh, Central Park uh great north just got renewed for its second season at fox um be positive uh and the united states of al um got renewed at cbs um and yeah that is that is it for renewals this far um I wonder, I mean, there's a lot of talk in terms of like sitcoms going forward because I think networks are finally realizing all these multicam sitcoms that they keep ordering and then canceling, like they should probably stop doing that.
2: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: It only took them like, I don't know, a decade.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. I, so when I was at TBS Mm-hmm. Um, a huge push to do more and more original programming. I mean, there was always original programming, and right. that's what I was there doing. Right. But um, the, you know, the the big successes were Friends, mm-hmm. um, and uh, oh gosh, why am I forgetting the? Oh, uh, Two and a Half Men, Big Bang Theory. Those those kind of shows
0: right. were.
2: Chuck- Yeah, those were the bread and butter. And I mean, obviously this is like before, this is so long, I'm so freaking old. This is before, you know, Netflix really started to fragment the marketplace and then all the other streamers started to come up to the point where uh, the old media network groups themselves had to be like, we have to be streamers now. Mm -hmm. Um, But back in the day, like if you wanted to, uh, to watch The Big Bang Theory and it wasn't Wednesday night on CBS or whenever, like that was where you went, Right. And that would, you know, that would pop 2 million every night. And so it was the lead in for any, any original programming. Mm
0: -hmm. And one
2: of the things that was attempted multiple Mm -hmm. times were because it's like, okay, well, people are coming here to watch these multicams, which are their sort of comfort food. Let's make our own original comfort food multicams to go with this. Right. And, um, I, I can't think of maybe ground floor. Um, I can't think of too many that like were successful because I think that people already at that point and I'm going back like 10 years or more had a mindset that going to like uh, network was for multicam and cable was for reruns and originals had to look like cable shows and at that point like FX was already doing all this crazy shit right and they were you know and HBO, um, but we were still trying to, Mm -hmm. how do we make something that goes along with the big bang theory? When people really wanted like single cam type Mm -hmm. stuff, you know, like people wanted to what's, what's the version of the office where, you know, you can say uh, shit and, you know, right. Tits on TV or whatever. Right. So, (laughs) but like, like, that like people pushed they just like there was so much effort to try and like make this thing happen for so long and it just like boggles my mind that even like netflix like was is i don't know if they still have any multicams, but like they jumped into that too and i'm like why
1: right oh why they, they tried to do <laughs> that like you just said where isn't it the ranch with ashton kutcher where yes
2: they use the f word
1: sort of like yes Is out of place
2: it feels weird. It feels weird.
1: Yeah. It feels
2: super weird. And what was the what was the uh, the weed shop one with Kath, with Kathy Bates that Tone Bell was on?
1: Oh yeah,
0: that uh, had
2: a similar that had a similar thing where it was like it had all these amazing people on it, and I wanted it to succeed, but it had that weird sort of like I'll just call it the sitcom Uncanny Valley vibe cool. where it was yeah. sitcom. It was multicam, but you know. The, the language was so not sitcom that Mm -hmm. it was hard to know, well, how am I supposed to take this in? What is, what is this, you know, how do I react to this comedy? Because I know what's expected of me when I'm watching a sitcom versus when I'm watching a a single cam. Right. And I don't know what this is.
1: Disjointed is the name of the show.
2: That's right. Disjointed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very weird. Like, cause you create the, I mean, not only do you create that universe, but it, I mean, it goes along in in a way, this sort of um, long-held tradition of like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a brightly lit set and it's almost two-dimensional in so many ways.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: like, that doesn't invite sort of like, I mean, if you're trying to, like you either do the very special episode or you don't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And n- ne'er shall the two meet until- I mean, this was uh, one of the things I'm most excited about uh, coming up is um, Kevin can go F himself
0: Mm -hmm.
1: on AMC with Annie Murphy, where they like, they um, jump in between those two worlds.
2: I mean, I'm, I'm all in for, for that kind of thing, because that is um, generally speaking, I'm all in for that, that sort of thing, because that's about having a vision where you want to try something unique and new versus I'm going to try and create something for the masses mm-hmm. where I think they're going versus just this is like my own creative. Right. Uh this is some some bizarre idea that I that I know is gonna be great and I need to see happen, which I think, you know, um FX for a long time has been really good at finding, right. you know, those people bringing them those kinds of shows right Right. and And i feel like amc networks in general
1: at this point fx especially with in regards to their comedy um Mm -hmm. yeah the brand i feel like you can almost peg them as live action adult swim
2: yes yeah
1: and it's Uh, it's really cool uh oh that was announced today the atlanta season three of atlanta
2: oh yeah that's right that's right going to come
1: sometime in 2022
2: right that's right. That, that's all that all they this. know,
1: guys. That's all that they know. Um, <laughs> also, Dollface uh, got renewed for a second season on, on Hulu.
2: I've never watched Dollface. Should I, watch I Dollface?
1: watched the pilot. And, you know... I think uncanny valley is a good term to use where I think this has been happening a lot in, I think, comedy spaces as of the last three or four years where there is seemingly from the network, a performative attempt to be progressive and inclusive.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And it, you can feel the trying. Like, you know, it it could be well intentioned or whatnot, but, like, it just... There's something that doesn't feel genuine about it. I would... Home Economics reeks of that. Um, That's a new network sitcom. Mm. It's a single cam. I watched the pilot of it, and it's... They try to talk so much about class, but so much of it seems like they cast very tokenly.
2: That's... That is really challenging needle to thread yeah um, especially in a pilot. Yeah. and i I do think like with with some shows and I haven't watched the show, so I you know I have no opinion on it. but mm-hmm. I think with some sitcoms especially, um, or even, you know, uh, single cans, you need, you have to let it breathe a little because they're, they, they have to lay so much track to establish that world and who these people are in the pilot. And if it's on network, you've got 20 minutes to do that.
0: Um,
2: and, and then once they start writing the season, you know, and it's a combination of these, the collaborators, the writers and the actors starting to gel. And hopefully there's a good, Uh, you know development executive who has uh, the wherewithal and the patience to understand where it's going and kind of let them go there Um, uh, that it it will it will come something become something you know really great and special but it isn't always there in the first you know two or three episodes because they don't know what they're they don't know what it is yet
1: no no they don't
2: because what making TV is like flying the plane while you're building it. Right. Most of the time. So until you actually get to like, look back and see what that plane looks like behind you, you don't, <laughs> you yeah. know what the, what you've made.
1: Yeah. And that's where I really got to admire things like Atlanta, where it's like, we're never going to finish this plane. In fact, yeah. yeah, the idea, this is even a plane.
2: Yeah. Yeah that's uh, that that show is so great it's such the exception to the rule of almost everything because like so many of those episodes uh it it doesn't matter what you've seen of the show at that point like very I think deliberately so you can like it's almost technically
1: an anthology where it's like yeah yeah. using the same characters but like none of these stories really connect
2: yeah yeah um I love that. And I love that uh, he was given the freedom to make that kind of show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's I mean, I always keep in mind that it is amazing that anything makes it to TV. It is so hard to even get to that point. hmm. But then, yeah, there is so much to be figured out, um, and depending on how many cooks have gotten in the kitchen, I mean, you know, it might be a, a very hard-fought journey to f- figure out something just remotely palatable, yep. much less, like, good, you know? Yep. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the answer is, other than there needs to be like a new generation of executives that um, aren't all old white guys. <laughs> that that's my that's my answer.
2: <laughs> yeah, it. I would yes, it's 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 kind of all the way through. It's I think it's it's really 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 difficult for, um, for, BIPOC creators to, um. To even be taken seriously to the point where they are uh they were continuously promoted, mm-hmm. you know, and mentored in rooms so right. that they have the experience under their belt, like whatever, you know, brilliant ideas they have to um to have the tools mm-hmm. that are, you know, they're ready. And you know, there's there's probably a lot of excellent uh creators who really just need you know someone who's got that experience to be like all right I got your back let's Mm -hmm. let's run with this let's make this show but like there's so many there's so many barriers to even getting in the room and then once you're in the room there's there's a lot of barriers to ascending in that room you know it's um if you are uh if you're the only person of color on staff Mm -hmm. like there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in those rooms, and I it's probably well I don't know I don't know how much it's it's changing or not in reality, right? Um, <clears throat> but you know I I used to uh, work with this um, this really talented uh, black female comic who was a, a writer on a sitcom. Mm-hmm. And like every day for her, and I wasn't, I wasn't her writing agent. This is just in, in conversation with her mm-hmm. every day for her was exhausting, mm-hmm. exhausting because she had to be the arbiter of anything that is, uh, uh, uh racially sensitive right. at all. Right. And, and like, even, even ordering, even the lunch order was a minefield for her. Really? Yeah there had so many conversations about why don't you want to order, you know, it's like, (laughs) there's just like this, this like cultural divide Uh that exists that is going to continue to exist Uh until people, you know, take extra steps to bring more people of color into the room so that it isn't all about like them having to, Mm -hmm. you know, not just respond, but actually being able to, you know, contribute more meaningfully right. versus Absolutely. just like being the like uh yeah i guess that's okay if that black character says that you know right
1: is uh is this person's name marlena no okay well <laughs> marlena rodriguez is a very very funny comedian and a uh, longtime tv comedy writer and it, it's very much the experience you just described i mean I I interviewed her her on Clubhouse and she specifically outlined this like experience of, you know, I had to gauge whether like, you know, pitching an alternative to what is a racist joke rather than saying like, hey, that's racist. Mm -hmm. Because if I keep doing that, I'm the fun police and Mm -hmm. nobody wants to go to me to anything.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, that is emotionally exhausting to be in that position mm-hmm. every single day um, and not really have the power to do anything about it. Cause you're right. not empowered in that way. Like what you were saying about um, junior high running mm-hmm. anti-racist uh, training to, for venues to uh, create anti-racist practices yeah. should should happen, you know, across the industry, and not in a like you know tech corporate box ticking kind of way. Right. It will actually, if you make the experience better for everyone in the room, it actually makes the content better too.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What do you, do you have an answer for that? I mean, I <laughs> I like met this lawyer on clubhouse who she's trying to um i forgot what she called it but there's something that's like a a reminder of best practices for lawyers that they have to Mm -hmm. keep every year or something like that and uh they're boring they're just boring Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. her idea is that she's going to um like add jokes to it and make it fun so people don't ignore it Mm -hmm. actually engage with it um We'll see, but yeah, I mean, like so many of those uh, seminars, things that people feel like they have to compulsorily attend. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, how helpful is that, really?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think. I think if the if the approach is, you know, let's let's make a PowerPoint and dedicate two hours of the day mm-hmm. when like during lunch when people don't want to be there, then that's you know, you're right. you're failing before before yeah. you even start.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: There's, I don't know. I mean, I think this is this is kind of the, the problem with corporatizing anything is it makes it very difficult uh, for for people to
0: mm-hmm.
2: connect on a personal level in a way that lets things like sink in. Right. That lets us really see each other as people because there's mm. all these these practices that are put in place.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and it's it's technically uh to keep the workplace a you know a non-volatile uh place to be every day, right. but it makes everything depersonalized.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh
2: so you don't, you know, I think maybe with with Zoom and like you know, seeing people's kids come in and throw up on on them during meetings and stuff like some of that some of that uh, wall has come down a little bit but it's it is hard when you when you approach a problem with that mindset already in place to be able to meaningfully address it
0: yeah
1: absolutely absolutely um it's Moving forward, I feel, but glacially so. Um, I mean, like, because there are people of color that are actually getting those power positions very legitimately and are Mm -hmm. um, to their benefit. I mean, Issa Rae has, I feel like, she not only has an overall deal, but she has like this growing empire of like, she has uh, like a management company Mm -hmm. and a record label, and I think she has some deal for like a lifestyle brand. And mm-hmm. as today, the HBO Max ordered a reality show from her and mm-hmm. a renewal of Project Greenlight under
0: her guidance. That's
2: right. I saw that. I think that is so awesome. And she's the perfect person to do that. Yeah. To bring back Project Greenlight. Absolutely. Um, I think what's so cool about Issa Rae is that she's building this empire, but it's not about, it's not about building... know it's not about building a brand it so much as it is about i mean it is about that but it's it's about you know um uplifting other creators and providing that you know providing that platform that doesn't exist in other places right you know like um oh there's a there is a woman who i think started as an assistant on um so it's late afternoon and now like my brains are trickling out my ears and I'm forgetting things of, um the mm, her show, blah, blah. um You I mean,
1: started assistant where? Um,
2: uh, why is, I've completely forgotten the name of Issa Rae's HBO show in this moment in time, and which is something fair. that frequently happens to me that just gone poof anyway. Mm-hmm
1: insecure, right?
2: Thank you. Yes, insecure. Oh my god. Oh. Um so <laughs> what,
1: a, what a name to forget, huh?
2: You know what, you know what? I I was able to remember the name of the show that this woman has now created. She, I think she started out as an assistant. Right. And um and within a couple of years because I think it's one of those things where it's like you recognize talent, you know, you say fuck it to hierarchies and you support someone and you give them what they need to grow. Right. So she started directing episodes and, and like creating elements. She was writing and, and doing things. And now she's created a show called that rap shit. Right. Um, with Isa. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I can't remember her name, but like mm-hmm. that kind of environment where it's, it's not about like, well, you have to pay your dues and, you know, all of that, which is it's bullshit hierarchies and gatekeeping that mm-hmm. are intentionally there to, you know, keep some people in their place and allow other people to advance. Like if you create a space and you keep making new spaces, like she's doing like with her, like, like you were saying, she's got like lifestyle stuff and personal product stuff where she's just like, Oh, I, I tried this product and it's great. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to hook you up with target. So target is going to sell this now Mm -hmm. uh, because it's, it's awesome and you know this is a, a a company that's run by a black female entrepreneur like i love that she's just she's just doing that
1: absolutely
2: you know it's it's not about uh you know what's what what can what can i do to um you know make sure that everybody knows who i am it's more about like how can i make this thing that's happening as inclusive as possible and bring as many people into the tent as possible.
1: Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I I like doing that, but on, um, of course, a much, much smaller scale. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, and I only hope that that keeps happening and um, that more people like Issa pop up, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so last news story, unfortunately, as of today, Um, beloved American comedic actor Charles Grodin has passed away at the age Mm. of six. Um, If there's just one thing that you watch from Mm -hmm. his filmography, and there's a lot of things, it should be the original Heartbreak Kid.
2: I Have I seen that? I don't know if I've watched it.
1: It's directed by comedy genius Elaine May.
2: Oh, God. Well. Mayfame. Um, no, I've never seen it. All right. It's going it's, in the uh, queue. Yes, the
1: Shepherds in it. A very,
2: oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. That is, so there was a, you know, and we'll, 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 I'll say an attempt to remake it mm-hmm. by Ben Stiller. Um,
0: mm.
1: You know, that's a good review for it. Mm. <laughs> Uh, but Charles Grodin is like the perfect person for the uh, movie is so so funny um, and he I mean you know he like he had uh, he had a type he had a, a mood a, a kind of persona mm-hmm. that he played up but he played it so so well and uh, that's why you've seen him in midnight run and Beethoven um, he was even in an episode of Louie uh, a couple years ago where he was very good as a very very um, Angry Doctor. Uh
0: huh.
1: Um, yeah. So go down a YouTube rabbit hole. Go watch the movies of his. Definitely the original Heartbreak Kid, if you can find it streaming somewhere. Because uh, I, I mean, I legally, I don't know that it's streaming uh, on any of the major streaming services currently.
2: Uh, the remake is streaming on Netflix. I have the just
1: remake.
2: Yes. Not
1: telling people to watch. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's
2: but- got um. According to Google, it's got an audience rating summary of 3.1.
1: Yeah. 3.1 stars. Yeah, that's about right. That's Out about of
2: five, right. I guess, but that's, yeah. yeah. I'll go find the original. Yeah,
1: go find the original. Um, a friend of mine rewatched it recently. You got to watch this. And they sent me a YouTube link. And it's like, it's terrible quality, but you got to watch this. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, no,
0: I've seen it. It's
1: <laughs> it's, it's really, really great. Um. Did you, was there anything with Charles Grodin that you enjoyed throughout your childhood or growing up?
2: Oh, um, this is where I should look at Wikipedia because I'm terrible <laughs> at remembering who is in what.
1: Oh, it's okay. Yeah, you, uh, you did for not to, not to rub it in, but uh, you did forget the name Insecure.
2: I did, I know. Oh, Um we can we can forget that happens okay Ready, like that's I fine. forgot forgot the name of the show. Do you ever do that? do you're like you know you know that guy mm. who uh was was in l a story and he's got the silver hair and right. he's he was on Saturday night Live. you know that guy like and you're like Steve Martin oh yeah, of course I knew it that's I, of course I knew that I just couldn't say it that's that's oh, me that's me five times a day. <laughs>
1: I don't I feel like in, I'm,
2: I'm becoming my mom and like everybody else's mom basically yeah
1: I'm I I you but you're you're standing in solidarity with so many other people <laughs> I I I get like that for but it's like for minuscule things
0: mm-hmm.
1: are like very minor like I remember I and I I'm not like a huge bond fan at all but like One, there was one week where I was racking my brain like, all right, who was the Bond girl in the latest Bond movie? It was like a, it's like a, like a burr, her name starts with a burr, and she had never, she's not been in anything big before, and I like just like was trying to sound it out in my head for a week, and I figured it out. I didn't,
2: Yay. I didn't look
1: it up. I didn't look it up and I did figure it out. It was Ber- uh, Bernice Marlowe.
2: Wow. I mean that's that's a pretty, pretty specific random fact. Yeah. And I'm I'm proud of you for getting there. <laughs> yeah, me too.
1: But um, you know, you remember Pete Holmes used to have a joke about that?
2: Uh no, because I can't remember specific bits either. <laughs> Generally not, occasionally I do. Occasionally one like sticks in there, but.
1: Well, before he went down this, uh, you know, nouveau spiritual journey that he's been on for a while. Mm -hmm. um, Pete had this, uh, one of his last specials, he had a joke about like um, people, you know, relying on Google too much and not being impregnated with wonder um, Mm. as to like, what is the name of that Tom Petty song? Mm-hmm. what is you you know you' yes the yeah in your head, and you just go around for weeks not knowing and then um you know there's somebody who names the song for you and that's how you meet your wife
2: right I do remember that bit actually yeah it's pretty fun yeah
1: um i I have I have done the work to remember things and I have not met a single person because of it. <laughs>
2: Uh, Well, maybe once we're all allowed out of our, our cages again, you can, you can um, fill your head with random unknown facts and just seek them out in the Mm -hmm. world at large.
1: Yeah. Speaking of which, so I, I, I feel like we're going to come to a close here, if that's okay. Mm
2: -hmm. Yep.
1: Um, If you were to have sort of like unlimited resources at, your disposal what sort of comedy social justice organization would you start
2: Ooh, okay um i've kind of thought about this a a a wee bit
1: i had a feeling
2: um do you know are you familiar with lynn ferguson
1: i do know lynn ferguson
2: so We can. I'm sure we can agree. Lynn is awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, she's she's funny and brilliant. And uh, I was on a show with her, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a storytelling show. Oh, awesome! Great. Yeah, that's. I mean, and that's what she. That's what she does. That's kind of like her, her superpower is storytelling and helping people find their stories. And she's been doing something that I. I started talking to her. About once I started like feeling my way into what is what is the next thing that I want to do that is um, actually helping people's well-being beyond just comedy, which does you know mm-hmm. is good for us, um, but in a more lasting sense. And she's she does this this thing uh, where she works with people in a therapeutic way right. as well. Um, but she uses all that same stuff, you know, all of those, um, performance and directing and writing skills, uh, to help people find their stories and use that to heal. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that there is, um, there's definitely something there for comedy for both the performers and for, uh, for the audience, you know, in, um, in actually finding a way to, and this exists, of course, this has been out there forever, but, um, we're, we're in a place now in mental health where, um, more things are becoming acceptable clinically
0: mm-hmm. more,
2: more means of therapy. Right. And I think, uh, storytelling and comedy can actually be integrated into that you know in a way that it's not like hey three hundred dollars you know for this weekend workshop and it'll fix your life it's just like no like there's a (laughs) copay, you know (laughs) you pay your you pay your your ten dollars and you're um you become part of this this cohort and this community that are learning to tell their stories and process their shit and have fun and laugh Right, And that's kind of something that I'm thinking about. I don't know if that exists. I know Lynn is doing something a little bit. It's not exactly like that.
1: Right. I um, feel like it's somewhere between like what Lynn does and 826LA, but like for adults.
2: Yeah, exactly. I, uh, all these things, um, you know, how do you, how do you use, uh, you know, um, a- attachment theory and, Cognitive behavioral therapy. Right. But rather than it just be about, you know, an exchange of information, it's like, it's literally about telling your story. Right. You know,
1: I creating think. Creating a
2: narrative for yourself.
1: Absolutely. Jared Logan kind of briefly tried, like, essentially group therapy in some. <laughs> The RIP UCB sunset, mm-hmm. the inner sanctum at UCB sunset. Like they, he'd actually sit, they wouldn't use the stage. They would use the floor and they would have chairs around the floor in a circle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there wasn't any side that was too weighted to the performers versus the audience. And like, it was definitely like a group sharing experiences where obviously there were some comedians and some of them were doing more jokes than actually sharing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But the whole
1: point was just everyone to share and kind of like being community and hold space. It was great.
2: That's awesome. That's great. All right, well, uh, I hope when um, we know what we're allowed to do, I feel like we don't We don't actually know what we're allowed to do right now, no. uh, that that Jared and whoever else uh, no. can start that up again. Yeah. Are you on Clubhouse at all, Holly? Um, Matt is on my devices. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that. So I have it. I have it on my phone, but I've never. Well, it's like logged in as him. And I feel like I'd be like, Mm -hmm. you know, being an imposter going in as him. Um, But it's basically just because the iPad is registered to me and he does it on the iPad. So um, I listen in a lot, but I haven't actually participated.
1: There's also. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a fascinating place. Sure, there's a lot of trash, but um, there's spaces also like that that are kind of what you were describing where like visit Dasani actually does a lot of that where she leads off rooms that are, I think it's like real talk, like battling depression as creatives, I think is the name of the room. Hmm. Um, and everyone just shares.
2: That's really cool. Um, I've, you know, I know Matt's been in some uh some comedy rooms and I only hear overhear snippets, but what it sounds like is happening are, are people are, you know, because they haven't been able to do a lot of performing outside of Zoom. Like people are running material off of each other, like they're in a writer's room and they're giving each other like advice and tags and like, and if it, mm-hmm. it's like very like collegial and, mm-hmm. you know, supportive, um, which is really nice. It's nice to see you know, another app that at least the little teeny tiny window of experience that I have had of it vicariously seems to, uh, wants to kind of uplift these positive experiences in social yeah. settings online.
0: Absolutely. Oh yeah.
1: And, and, and there is a, a good deal of that for sure. But, um, I feel like the, all the elements of what you want to do are there
2: yeah well it's just a question of am I going to grad school or not and do I (laughs) what what else will I have time for so right um yeah that's uh I am I am getting I am getting the itch to you know to make something Mm -hmm. that doesn't involve like uh, buying something off of Etsy to make in my house (laughs) like I want to
1: Which a friend of mine who owns a vintage store suggested that I do. It it was that Uh, bandana thing. The fact that I put collar tips on bandanas. Yeah. You
2: should
1: should just buy those, put them on there. It's really easy, as you know, and just sell them. I'm like, people will buy that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You just have to have a couple of other little products that are like related. Yeah. That you buy in in bulk from Mm -hmm. Alibaba or something. Right. Uh, And then you put them on your Etsy shop so that people can put together little bundles for you. Yeah. There you go. This is also this is also crap that's just in my brain now because of like shit that I've looked at over the pandemic is like drop shipping. How does that work? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we could probably do a podcast about that sometime.
1: Absolutely. Um, but for <laughs> this time, don't start your own Etsy store right now. Uh, no. <laughs> go, go help somebody you'd need.
2: Go, yeah, get out of your house meet your neighbors, reconnect with your friends who you've only seen in a, a a frame online.
1: Yeah. Although I have talked to them way more outside of um the before times. You know yeah. that?
2: Yeah. It's interesting cuz there's definitely been people uh that I have reconnected with, you know, in a much deeper way had I not been trapped inside for a year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's definitely happened a lot.
2: And that's nice. I just
1: on average Every day, did way more talking than I would in the normal times. Oh wow! Like I, I would spend most of my day before I would go to mics and shows or like or a meeting, um, not talking to anybody, Mm. just doing work, and then Mm -hmm. it would be talking. But um, now it's like talking throughout the whole day.
2: Wow, I. That is not my experience at yeah. present. And that's, I am okay with that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's because, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still out now and an extrovert and I really hate being home. Mm-hmm. I still hate it. And like, mm-hmm. I, I've read plenty of articles. Oh, you got to find the introvert and be an extrovert. Like, sure, guys.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I'm just very restless and I, I do try to do a lot of stuff. That's all.
2: Are you, are you going out? now are you I mean going I'm places? going
1: out to see friends on like a one-on-one sort of basis but I haven't mm-hmm. I went to shows outdoor shows that were very as I saw safe okay in the late summer fall last year okay. um and then you know we got another spike and then the variants came along and and things closed up and so I stopped and I haven't been to shows since
0: mm.
1: but I, I, I mean I've been getting takeout and running errands um this whole time,
2: did you go to any of uh Tammy Joe's shows?
1: I did go to some of Tammy Joe's shows, uh, those are
2: really fun. I feel like they kind of like cracked how to do the car comedy thing well,
1: yeah, yeah. Which I mean, I'll never, I mean, what a historic precedent! I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, no right? one ever did that before yeah. because it was a bad idea,
2: <laughs> yeah. It yeah, just yeah, yeah. But they, I I went to a couple of those uh, that Matt was on, and those are really fun. And I was like, I was a little sad actually to see that they're ending. Like, I understand why, right? But you know, maybe, maybe uh, somebody wants to uh, financially support them, in, in doing that, in addition to the other shows they produce, if that's something they want to do, which I want them to do it.
1: Right. Well, maybe there'll there will be a thing where like you know, driving theaters, um. I mean, they've been around anyway before the pandemic, but they'll they'll probably stick around for a little bit more, and maybe mm-hmm. they'll have comedians like intro the movie or something.
2: Yeah, sure, sure. Do do ten minutes to be be the opener for the the new Vin Diesel movie.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know about I don't know about that specific scenario I mean, it's- but i do like the idea of of having comedy nights at drive-ins i think that should still be a thing
1: yeah for sure
2: yeah absolutely.
1: yeah well so many ideas that we got to get so
2: to. many so many
1: <laughs> um where can people find you online is there anything else you would like to promote
2: hmm let's see well i'm on i'm on twitter what's my Twitter handle? I literally, I literally never do this. It's my name. Yeah. It's, it's at Holly Gabrielson, And I mostly just like, uh, I either retweet things that make me angry about politics Mm -hmm. or, uh, super funny, dumb stuff from comedians that I follow. That's kind of my, that's Mm -hmm. my MO on Twitter. Um, my IG is not exciting. Uh, it is also (laughs) my name. Sometimes it's private. Sometimes it's public. Maybe you'll catch me in a window where I'm feeling open. Um, and that's pretty much, that's my, that's my online world trying right. to keep it to a minimum. Um, what do I have to promote? Um,
1: well, it's a, get, it, get
2: health insurance. That's what I'm promoting. Get
1: health insurance. Uh, get, get mental health, uh, fill out the census next time. Is there Oh,
2: and listen, listen, <laughs> <laughs> listen to, uh, my partner, Matt's podcast, probably science. Yeah. about comedy and science it's great it's yeah.
1: great yeah the the guy who knows math that guy
2: yeah he actually does know math yeah
1: how yeah. much math does matt know
2: i don't know because a lot of it's theoretical and i don't know what's happening but i do find scraps of paper around the house with just like scribblings of like symbols and numbers right. that and it i it sh- i don't know like why he's like oh i need to i need to know what this is the answer to this is right now how that even enters his head or whatever but I like I'll find them on the back of set lists or like bills of envelopes just like little random I don't know it's like a language I don't speak that he speaks
1: oh I feel like he's I think the term is pure math or pure mathematics like don't know well no it's mathematics that just like exists for mathematics sake it doesn't actually have any like tangible
2: yeah okay that sounds that sounds right
1: I feel like he's the sort of mind that likes it. Like, well, you know, I mean, we don't really need to solve this, but we just, for the the sheer idea of it, I want to
2: like try to solve it. He does love a puzzle. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'd be wondering, I'd be curious to <laughs> see if Matt could mathematically explain, like in some uh, realms of physics, there's like, you know, math, that supports the existence of like 26 different dimensions.
2: Mm-hmm. I think he would enjoy having a conversation with someone about that. I mean- And probably if... be able to keep up with their explanation if it's like a physicist cool. or something, but-
1: I, I mean, not not to not to uh, like, you know, shoehorn myself in here, but I'm more than happy to be a guest on Probably Science.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, I will definitely I'll mention it
1: because cool. they're
2: they are always looking for folks. So because I, I yeah. do
1: like trying to have a layman's understanding of astrophysics, I just think it's fun.
2: Um, that's awesome. Mostly, what they end up talking about are like, uh, how come this birth control for men that basically is just glue for the urethra doesn't work? It's just like a lot of random, like real random science articles.
1: I mean, I there love was one
2: like that. There was one like that. I totally got the actual science wrong, of course, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just yeah, like uh, this: the spider lays eggs in people's noses, mm-hmm. and we're going to take it to Mars. I don't know. It's just <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of like like fun random science stuff.
0: Oh sure, uh, I, I love
1: reading the science section and news.
2: Um, well, then you'd be a great guest. <laughs>
1: cool. Well, before that, go listen to Probably Science, everybody.
2: Yeah, go go listen. Help, help pay my rent.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been around for what, a decade?
2: Not quite. Um,
1: a long time, though.
2: It is a long time. I want to say it's like eight or nine years, though.
1: Eight or nine years. Man.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Go, I mean, I'm sure you got more time to binge stuff, guys. Go listen to all of Problems <laughs> Science. Science. Um, I am Jay Kroger. I created the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com, at the Comedy Bureau, across socials. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at not the supermarket, which I would like to uh, make a double emphasis on because of the poor behavior of Kroger supermarkets and all their mm. subsidiaries. Um they have the money. They're a multinational multi-billion dollar corporation. They can pay people more for working at grocery stores at this time. Um, there are a lot of great causes to support this time. And I ask if you support those, uh, but if you have money or generosity at the end of that, uh, please support me. Cause I've been running the copy bureau for over 10 years on my own. Yeah. Uh,
2: it's a great service.
1: Thank you so much. Do you have anything else to say as we sign off here, Holly?
2: Um no, this is this has been lovely. Thank you for having me. And uh yay, comedy.
1: Yay comedy. As I like to say at the end of every episode, comedy is still happening. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it!
0: Tommy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced,
1: and edited by Jake Kroger, music by Brian Grunio, artwork by Andrew Delman and KT, and part of the Believe Podcast family.